Welcome to Cleveland Clinic Cardiac Consult, brought to you by the Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic. For this talk, I'm going to talk about a young patient with connective tissue disorder with enlarged aortic root that may be related to LDS or Lowe's Dietz or Marfan syndrome, and we'll touch a bit on uh, some of the rarer types of inherited connective tissue disorders. So many years ago, we looked at the cross-sectional area and the ratio to a patient's height as a criteria in patients with Marfan syndrome and timing of surgery, and later we applied that to bicuspid valves also. So essentially what this means is a shorter person with a connective tissue disorder like Marfan's at 4.7 centimeters, we'd recommend surgery versus a taller patient at six foot four, it would be about five centimeters we recommend surgery. And here's just the raw data of the relationship of height to size and the risk of developing a problem. And when you use the ratio, then that, in a sense, smooths the effect of height on the risk of a problem. Then one of our cardiologists and their team looked at patients with enlarged aortas on CAT scans, calculated the cross-sectional area, and found that in the patients with a ratio more than 10, the long-term survival was not as good in the patients who had aortas less than a ratio of 10. And this was particularly so for patients who had a root enlargement, they had a greater risk of dying over time. So in the 2010 guidelines for aortic diseases, we had in that the guideline that a ratio over 10 in patients with Marfan was one way to treat patients to avoid the risk of dissection or five centimeters. In the rarer Turner syndrome, we found that the ratio was also something useful to use. So let's talk about Lowe's Dietz. A few years ago, we did a study of our series of Lowe's Dietz syndrome patients, which at that time was the largest in the world, and we still have the biggest. And in lowest deeds, it's unclear when to operate on patients, but we felt that probably in that region of 4.2, maybe 4.6, was a reasonable size to operate on patients with lowest deeds. Uh, and in patients with Marfans and who are contemplating a pregnancy, about four centimeters. So there are some characteristics that are unique about Lowe's Dietz. One of them is, for example, that the patients have this, what we call a bifid uvula. So there are two parts to the uvula. So that is something that is fairly unique about patients with uh, Lowe's Dietz. The other thing about the Lowe's Dietz patients, you can peel the aorta apart, as I've shown here during a patient who has, is having a reimplantation for Lowe's Dietz because of this risk of aortic dissection. The lowest eats is a pretty aggressive connective tissue disorder and resulted of mutations in the DNA and they develop aortic dissection or rupture at a smaller diameter than most people. They have some skeletal deformities, sort of a, a tall head if you like, it's called craniosyntosis 
They can have a crooked spine, scoliosis and pectus, distorted chest. And then they have, uh, as I mentioned, a tall head and face. And they also get hernias, cleft palate or the bifid uvula. And little was known about the surgical outcomes in these patients. And this sort of the typical appearance of a patient with lowest deeds for Marfan kind of aorta. So the guidelines recommended surgery around about 4.2 centimeters. Um, and there have been other institutions that have recommended surgery at four centimeters, but we've seen patients who have lowest deeds and have gotten up to six centimeters and not died from it. So the, we generally used a cutoff of about 4.5 centimeters for lowest deeds uh, patients and operating on them. So in this series, uh, the, we had 53 patients operated the, this time period. So as you see, this is data now that's a bit older, but it allowed us to get long-term survival. And so there were 33 patients who had surgery and there were a group of 20 that were followed. And as far as I'm aware, we've not had any deaths in the patients who we followed who had a smaller sized aorta. So using that 4.2, 4.5 centimeter cutoff seems to be reasonable in patients with lowest deeds. So in the patients who had operations, the operation we did uh, electively most often was a valve preserving reimplantation of the valve. In the patients who had the reimplantation operations and elective surgery where there were no deaths, um, there were two deaths in patients who had emergency surgery or urgent surgery. And there was one patient late after surgery who uh, died. The thing about patients with Marfan's or lowest deets who have aortic dissection and have to have emergency surgery is over time, they will require multiple operations. So in this series, they required 81 uh, operations and this was in 33 patients. So a third of them required multiple operations and that's mainly because of the results of aortic dissection. Here's the uh, outcomes and survival out to uh, 20 years and very good results when you consider this population uh, normally without treatment has a very poor prognosis. In fact, in Marfan syndrome before the surgical era, the average length of survival is 32 years. Here's the difference in freedom from reoperation by patients who had no dissection versus dissection. And you see a big difference here at 10 years, 87% of patients who had no dissection uh, were free from a reoperation at 10 years. Fairly simplistic analysis, but uh, basically surgical outcomes are excellent with root replacement and it's a very effective operation for preventing dissection. After dissection, a lot of these patients require multiple operations and that's why patients need close long-term surveillance. Uh, one comment just to make as far as TVAR, which is stenting of the descending aorta and lowest deeds or patients who have Ehrlich-Danlos seems to be a high-risk procedure. And same with Marfan's, we generally believe it's better to do an open operation in that group of patients. Implications, early intervention and prophylactic surgery is critical. 
cutoff of about 4.2 centimeters appears reasonable and long-term follow-up is necessary. All right, so the next uh, topic I'm going to cover is looking at reimplantation operations long-term in patients with connective tissue disorders. Our first study was 178 patients up to 2011, and uh, there was a mixture of patients, Lowe's Deeds, Erlodan loss, and Marfanoid patients, and then the rare group of the NOS uh, type of connective tissue disorders. What about safety? There were no deaths in this operative series, and the effectiveness looked really good out to eight years. Freedom from aortic valve uh, reoperation was also very good out to six years. In 2020, we updated this series of 214 patients now with connective tissue disorders. There were no deaths. Freedom from reoperation was 97% at 10 years. So we decided to evaluate the series and compare it to patients who did not have connective tissue disorders and had the reimplantation operation up to the 2020, so 859 patients. Most of them had Marfans. And once again, we still had not had any deaths uh, for the reimplantation operation. Aortic regurgitation over time uh, was uh, pretty good in this series. And risk of reoperation was 97% at 10 years and 95% freedom from reoperation at 12 years. Survival in this patient series is also excellent at 91% 12 years after surgery. When comparing the two groups, these are matched patients, basically no difference as far as the risk of aortic regurgitation over time and reoperation risk also very low in both categories out to 10 years. Survival also excellent as I pointed out earlier comparing the outcomes. So our conclusions from this study was that reimplantation in patients with connective tissue disorders is obviously safe with no deaths and very effective as far as freedom from reoperation. While there were a lot of concerns uh, because the leaflets show myxomatous tissue, the durability still is excellent despite that and reimplantation is the preferred operation in patients with connective tissue disorder. So what about the risk of later aortic dissection in patients who've had ruse procedures? We looked at our patients um, for this risk. So we had 61 patients who developed aortic dissection after having had a um, root procedure. We had done 664 valve preserving procedures and nine of them had developed aortic dissection over time. Average age of patients was 57, and the average time from the initial procedure to dissection was 5.3 years, and 36% of the patients had a connective tissue disorder, mostly Marfan's, and they were slightly younger, and the mean arch diameter in this series was 4.7 centimeters uh, when this happened. It appears rare after valve preserving procedure that a patient develops aortic dissection, but it seems to be a risk factor in patients with connective tissue disorders, and most can be managed medically after this happens. 
Most of these dissections are on the descending aorta and thoracoabdominal aorta. They do not typically start at the previous root procedure. Unfortunately, we do see patients with these big fenestrations and the, the valve has been stretched too much and the root typically has been very large and severe aortic valve regurgitation. And in that situation, these leaflets cannot be kept. So the reimplantation operation in patients with 3-liter valve, whether inherited connective tissue disorder patients or just patients who show up with a big root and about 50% of our patients don't have a family history of aneurysms, this operation holds up very well long term. And this is something that we reassured is the way to treat patients with connective tissue disorders. So I hope you find that useful and just an overview of uh, some of the operations uh, we do. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen at clevelandclinic.org slash cardiac consult podcast.